Hello, and welcome to the Proskauer Benefits Brief. I'm Jenny Richterink, an attorney in Proskauer's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Hamburger, co-chair of our group. In this 10-part series of podcasts, we will explore the basic COBRA rules applicable to group health plans. And in this podcast, we are going to explore some of the tricky points related to COBRA premium payments. Paul, to get us started, can you give us an overview of what plan administrators need to consider in connection with the special COBRA premium payment rules? Sure. Thanks, Jenny. I like to try to keep it simple at a high level. And COBRA premium payment issues actually fall neatly into a who, what, when, where, and why structure. In other words, who must pay, what must be paid, when are payments due, where should they be paid, and finally, why should they be paid? So let's start with that last one. It's the easiest. If a qualified beneficiary does not pay the full COBRA coverage premium on time, then the qualified beneficiary does not get coverage and the coverage cannot be reinstated. In fact, this is actually probably a pretty good rule to keep in COBRA notices and in COBRA language that's provided in summary plan descriptions and other kinds of COBRA or health plan related documents. That is, if a COBRA premium is not paid in full and on time, COBRA coverage will terminate and may not be reinstated. Okay, Paul, so that sounds like something that should definitely be in every COBRA notice, but I may need to go back to the beginning and ask you why there's even a question about who should pay. Right, so the first question is, in our who, what, when, where, and why structure, who must pay? And the easy way to look at it is you would think, well, the qualified beneficiary has to pay. But the truth is that a better way to say it is that the qualified beneficiary is responsible for the payment. In other words, anyone can pay on behalf of a qualified beneficiary. Hospitals could pay on behalf of patients. Medicaid agencies can pay on behalf of qualified beneficiaries. Even rich relatives can pay on behalf of qualified beneficiaries. But the key point to remember is that if any of those other third parties are late in the payment of the premium, it's the qualified beneficiary that will suffer the consequences, and therefore the qualified beneficiary is the one who is actually responsible for making sure that the right COBRA premium amount is paid on time. That's a good point. You mentioned a couple times that the right amount must be paid. So how much does COBRA cost, and how does a plan determine what the right amount is? Well, the general rule on COBRA premium payments is that qualified beneficiaries can be required to pay up to 102% of the full cost of coverage. Now, there is an exception for certain disability scenarios under COBRA, where for a limited period of time that cost can go up to 150%, but for our purposes, we'll stick with the 102%. Now, Paul, question, is there something that defines how to calculate that cost? Nothing really defines how you're supposed to calculate it. The general rule is that it's the cost for similarly situated non-COBRA beneficiaries, but that's not really intuitively easy to figure out. So what we do is we break that up into what's the cost for insured plans and what's the cost for self-insured plans. If a group health plan is insured, 
generally that cost would be whatever the premium cost is that's passed on from the insurance company. For self-insured plans, there are a couple of different ways to determine the amount of that COBRA premium based on the statutory language. However, even those rules are not entirely precise and are a little bit out of date. Generally speaking, the premiums are actuarially determined based on the overall cost to the plan as determined by healthcare actuaries or consultants for the group health plan. So, Paul, can we go back to how the rules are not all that clear? Is there a good example maybe of a large company who has employees in several states where it could be unclear what the correct COBRA premium to charge would be? Sure. So if you are a large company with a lot of different locations, the starting point is what is the group health plan? If you have one group health plan that covers the entire workforce nationwide, it's going to be tricky to calculate different amounts based on the location of where the employees are. Similarly, for an insured plan, it's tricky to break that up that way. If you have separate plans, then you can actually break up the population among those separate COBRA plans, if you will, and calculate your premium accordingly. Regardless of how you do it, though, once the COBRA premium is established, it has to remain in effect for what's called a 12-month determination period. Typically, that would be the plan year, and even more typically, that would be a calendar year for many group health plans that operate on a calendar year basis. So once that COBRA premium is set for a year, it's set for all qualified beneficiaries who go out with qualifying events during that year, and then the next January 1, if that's your determination period, it can go up again. So one point there, Paul, am I correct that it doesn't restart on a rolling basis as different people elect COBRA during that 12-month determination period? Correct. Each person does not have his or her own 12-month period. The plan has one 12-month period. Now, there are exceptions to the premium amount that could change during that period. For example, if somebody elects single coverage, and they change to family coverage, the premium amount could change accordingly. Or if an employer is subsidizing the premiums for a limited period of time and that period wears away in the middle of a determination period, the plan could raise it to the full cost of COBRA coverage. What's an example of where an employer might do that, subsidize the first, say, six months of COBRA premium and then pull away? A typical example might be in a severance deal situation where the employer is having a reduction in force or a certain severance program, and so the employer wants to allow employees or former employees to remain on the plan for a limited period of time and continue to pay the same employee premium as sort of a severance benefit. Then at the end of that period, they've got to pay the full COBRA cost if they want to continue. So, Paul, you also said that a qualified beneficiary has to pay the full amount at the right time. What happens if the plan receives a partial payment? What should the plan do with that? Partial payments actually occur quite frequently. Sometimes they're just typographical errors or scrivener errors where the person makes out the check for the wrong amount. Sometimes the person might write out the check amount that they have to pay to the electric company and deposit it in the envelope for the COBRA premium, for example. Those are frequent occurrences, and when that happens, a plan needs to know what to do. 
and the COBRA regulations have specific rules on partial payments. If there is an insignificant underpayment of the COBRA premium, the plan cannot simply wait it out and then terminate coverage due to non-payment. Instead, the plan has to provide a reasonable period within which that underpayment could be corrected. Generally, there's a 30-day safe harbor period for that. And then the regulations further define insignificant to mean the lesser of $50 or 10% of the amount of the COBRA premium to be paid. Now, similar problems come up when you get a bounced check if you're the plan. Many plan administrators are careful to make sure that qualified beneficiaries are aware that their checks bounced, and then they give them time to make good on the payment. In some cases, plan administrators may insist that all future payments have to be made by certified check or some other direct payment means in order to prevent having to deal with the expense and aggravation of dealing with bounce check scenarios. So what is the COBRA due date for payment? Right, good question, because as I said, if you do not pay on time as the qualified beneficiary, the plan can cut off your COBRA coverage, so it's important to understand what the due date is. First rule is that no payment for COBRA coverage may be required to be made earlier than 45 days after the date of the COBRA election. Next, after that period has expired, then there's a general 30-day premium payment period or grace period for making COBRA premium payments. Now, technically, a longer premium payment period could apply in some insured cases if the employer is given a longer time to pay the insurer, but generally speaking, there is a 30-day ongoing grace period for the payment of premiums. What that means is that the premium, for example, for the month of January would be due January 30th not January 1st. One thing about timing, there have been a number of cases where qualified beneficiaries have become incapacitated due to a severe accident or some other illness. When that happens, there is this legal doctrine known as tolling. Tolling refers to a pause or a hiatus in that COBRA premium payment period so that when the person is just unable to pay on time due to some severe incapacity, the time is told or held in abeyance until somebody is appointed to act for that individual, and then the period keeps running thereafter. One question I have about that, Paul, is let's say somebody has a power of attorney in effect for them. Does tolling still apply in that situation? Tolling is an equitable doctrine decided based on the specific facts of a specific case in front of the judge, so there's no real regulatory answer to that question. But generally speaking, if somebody is able to act on behalf of the qualified beneficiary, then tolling generally is not applicable. And so you have to really look carefully at the facts to see if the person is able. One last thing about timing. While the COBRA rules do give a break to qualified beneficiaries who might underpay by an insignificant amount, there is no rule about reinstating COBRA coverage even if you're late by a day. So there, there is no insignificant, I missed the deadline, whereas there is an insignificant rule when it comes to the amount. So, Paul, we had hinted at this earlier, and I think the planner in me wants to know whether a qualified beneficiary can prepay for several months of COBRA coverage. Well, technically speaking, COBRA doesn't prohibit 
prepayment for several months of COBRA coverage. So for example, if a qualified beneficiary is going on vacation for a couple of months, there's nothing that prevents the plan from accepting an advance payment of two months of COBRA coverage. However, this is not a recommended practice. There can be a number of complexities down the road where, for example, the COBRA premium amount changes during that period and you don't have enough money to pay the COBRA premiums. Or there's an administrative error and the money is lost or the record is lost for that prepayment. Generally speaking, plans should not undertake that kind of inherent fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the payments get made properly and applied properly in advance for qualified beneficiaries. Seems like that would create a lot of problems, potentially. So I guess the final question to address is where payments should be made. Right, so the final step in our who, what, when, where, and why structure is where. Where do I have to send these payments? Generally, the statutory rule would be you've got to pay the plan or you have to pay the plan administrator, but that really doesn't answer our question. Many plan administrators hire third-party administrators or COBRA administrators to manage the process. COBRA notices should be clear on where COBRA premium payments are to be sent. Sometimes there's a P.O. box, sometimes there's a physical address. All of that should be very clear in COBRA notices so that there's no mistake about where to send those premium payments in order to avoid having made a late payment. Now, one thing to bear in mind, many plans will use premium payment coupons. These coupons are really a matter of convenience and COBRA qualified beneficiaries need to be clear on when that location identified on the coupon might have changed so that they know where to send their COBRA premium payments. So it's very important just to make sure that the address to where COBRA premium payments are to be sent is very clear. Thank you, Paul, for that helpful summary of the COBRA premium payment rules. That who, what, when, where, and why structure is a great way to organize thoughts around these issues. And thank you to those who joined us today for this Employee Benefits Podcast. Please join us for future presentations in our Proskauer Benefits Brief series and keep an eye out for more employee benefits and executive compensation insights on our Proskauer ERISA Practice Center blog. Also, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.